0: You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us.
1: Well, welcome this morning. We're so excited to be here. Um, Brian and I were talking this morning. I think this is like our 20th, I don't know if we had it every year, but 20 years ago was our first Harvest Fest here. And um, at the time, well, I didn't have, I had a little kid at that time, but I just have a ton of memories of. Um, Bart Harvest says the best of the years, some of them good, some of them bad. I don't know if you guys remember the uh, ash, rain. there those fires, it was raining ash, and Henry Kramer tried to assure us that if we didn't breathe too deep, we'd probably be okay. And, <laughs> and then just tons of memories of my kids in their costumes, and some memories of feeling like I was pulling my hair out because I had three kids, so martini different people with little kids here I know some of it's not (laughs) it's fun and it's not fun but um it's just weird now because I don't have a single kid here with me because my two boys are in college and my daughter's off at the campus retreat she's a senior so it's just kind of a weird phase in life but um I'm free though I mean I'm not taking care of anybody so that's good but um anyways um Brian is gonna Lesson
2: here. yeah we're gonna hear a testimony today and i'll tell you who from in a minute but uh we're our kind of our theme for today the is harvest of righteousness and peace amen uh, see what we did there yes harvest fest
1: yes we're yes. pretty
2: clever i know yes so it's in a it's in a hebrews 12 is where that phrase is found that god wants to produce in us a harvest of righteousness and peace so if you want to be, be turning over to hebrews 12 we're gonna look at hebrews 12 a little bit and um you know uh harvest is not something we relate to as much because how many here have ever like lived on a farm or done any farming okay so we have a few people so maureen is is harvest a big deal it's a very big deal right it's it's like this is why we do everything we do all year round it's like to reap the harvest we it's hard to relate to that when we don't we've never done that who's done at least some gardening okay a few of us have done some gardening so you know it, it it feels so great when you put in all this work and then something happens, right? I remember Whoa. we did this thing one time, tried to grow tomatoes and I got this expensive upside down tomato thing. And yeah. it was supposed to like, you know, have all the nutrients go into it. And I probably spent 25, $30, you know, on, on all of the you know, the soil and all the stuff. And you know, how many tomatoes I got two. It's like, those are the most expensive tomatoes I've ever eaten, you know? Um, so I'm not very good at it, but I, I get the idea that harvest is, is it's a celebration, and, and, and the celebration for us as Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus, is that God is working things out to bring good, to bring fruit, to bring light, to bring life to our lives and then to those around us, through us and using us. Uh, and Galatians 6 says, basically the idea, here's, here's a kind of a, a, a modern translation. You get out what you put in. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says you get out what you put in. You're, you're not going to reap a harvest if you're not putting something in. And so we're a community of, of, of faith that we believe we got to invest, invest in our relationship with God, invest in our relationships with one another. Put put ourselves out there on faith, but then God will produce a harvest if we do not give up. I love that part of Hebrews uh, 6 where it says you will reap a harvest if what? Yeah. You do not give up. So that's the key. The key to the Christian life is just not giving up. Just got to keep going. You just got to keep going. And it talks about that in Hebrews 12. Look in verse 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the context there is the Hebrew writer is talking about all these heroes of the faith, people who've gone before us, and all of us are probably here, I would say all of us are here because of someone else's faith that was passed on to us, somebody that reached out to us, or maybe it's our parents, but somehow we, you know, someone else's faith, now we're riding on their coattails, and it's talking about all of those Uh, Heroes of the faith, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse three: Consider him who endured such opposition for sin from sin, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart the bible describes the christian life not as a sprint but as a marathon a long distance race and so you got to just keep going trusting god's promises trusting that god is going to produce a good work in us if we do not give up if we keep going and we have jesus ahead of us and we can look to him and look to his example ahead of us why do we grow weary and lose heart uh throw your hand up and tell me what what make what causes us to, to to become weary and lose heart Martini, was that a hand or is that just adjustment of your head? Okay. <laughs> Why do we go over here? Yeah, Lynn. Okay, not see, feeling like we see progress. You're trying and you're trying. You don't feel like you see progress. Yeah, Brian. Failure. Failure. Yeah, we, 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 we all fail. We all fall flat in our faces sometimes. Mark. Lack of encouragement. Lack of encouragement. Yeah, sometimes it's like we just need somebody to encourage us. Yes, back there. We don't believe, right? We, we don't have the faith that we need to have to keep us going. Yeah, Elaine. Just being weary. Being weary. Just life beats you up, doesn't it? Life has a way of beating us up. Yes, she said. Setbacks. Yeah. And sometimes expectations, right? Sometimes you have certain expectations and then things don't pan out the way you thought they were. You know, I went into 2020 with a lot of expectations and dreams and visions and 2020 did not pan out the way I expected at all. And that life is like that, right? Life is like that. We go, and, and you might be here today, and you've gone through a lot, you know, this last year and a half. You might have you lost someone dear to you. Uh, you might have lost a job. You might have—everything has changed in your whole world. You know, we've had these kinds of things that can cause us to grow worried. But it continues on in this passage, and it says, uh, like in verse 7, "...endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father." If you're not disciplined, everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate sons and daughters at all. We had human fathers that disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Can I get an amen on that? Nobody likes hard times. Nobody likes struggles. Nobody likes difficulties. I just want Okay, I get baptized, I become a Christian, and everything goes perfectly and well and blessed until I get to heaven, and then I'm blessed forever. Like, that's what I want. But for some reason, that's not what I get. And those that's where it's key to think about parenting. Like, if you just gave your parents, if, as parents, if you just gave your kids everything they wanted, what would that be like? You know what I mean? Like, candy in the morning, candy in the noontime, candy as the sun goes down, TV all day long. I don't know what it would all be. You know, you think about your kids. You can't give them every, you know, you, you've got a plan. You've got, you've got ideas of how you want things to turn out. And sometimes it involves some hardship. Uh, Dustin's going to share a little bit about that, this idea of how God is like our parent, as it talks about in scripture here.
1: Um, okay. This is, this is Brian's idea, not mine. So I got to give him credit, but um, God's heart is that he wants something for us and not something from us. Right. And when he... He, oh, he stole it from somebody else, so it wasn't either of us. But it's—it was. I just thought it was so good that he wants he wants the best for us. It's not like he wants something from us. Like in, anybody who has a kid or a niece or a nephew or takes care of children, you know, it's not like you want something out of them, but you just want the best for them. And that's, um, it's just not a new, new thought, but I just thought it was a great uh, way it was phrased. And I just think about um, how I feel about my own kids and, um, you know, when they're little, It's a lot of do exactly what I do or do exactly what I say. And it's actually a little bit easier (laughs) than adult children. Um, But um, and then as they grow, you build a partnership and a relationship with them to where it's like a mentoring relationship. But that's how our relationship with God is. We're partners with him. It's not like he's um, it's not like he wants something from us, but he wants the best for us. and He wants to partner with us and have a great relationship with us. And it's kind of easier to think of discipline that way as a partnership with God or discipline is kind of an interesting word, but um, just, you know, as we go through life and God is with us, like our parents were with us when they're, and even as adults, you know, we feel that with our parents of, you know, wanting their input or their ideas or thinking about how they would have done stuff or um, stuff like that. So,
2: yeah. Amen. And and, in the, in first John, there's a scripture that says how great, how good, how, how much the father has lavished his love on us. It says, how the Father has lavished his love on us that we should be called children of God. God is his creator. God is all-powerful. He made the whole universe and designed all of it. But he still wants to be our dad. So that's why we're taught to pray our Father who is in heaven. Jesus told us to pray that. And, and, and there's a scripture that says the Spirit in us calls out to God, Abba, Father. Abba is this term. It's like daddy, Abba. You know, every Every culture has a term for dad that's kind of like that sounds like dad 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 abba ab, ab, ba ab, ab. ba ba that's where abba comes from is the first things a little kid says to their dad abba-ba-ba ab, dad 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 you know that's who God is to us he's this nurturing loving father that wants to see us grow he wants to see a harvest of righteousness and peace now we go through some hard times that maybe are our own fault you know our own sin we go through some hard times that maybe are someone else's sin because everybody has free will and so that means they can use their free will to hurt us And we might go through hard times that are just part of the chaos of this world and this, you know, this world that we're in that has chaos and things happen, you know, and diseases comes or or buildings fall down. You know, Jesus even talked about that. This building fell down and fell on people. And they were like, what happened? Did they sin? Is that why that building fell on them? And Jesus' answer is like, no, but unless you repent, you too will perish. (laughs) I think what he meant by that is just hard things happen to everybody and we need to change our mindset and be focused on what really matters. And so even in those hard times, though, even in difficulties, even in sin that other people do, God can still be with us in the hardship and, and bring out a harvest from that hardship if we trust in him. Uh, Betty was sharing about that. And I'll, I'll let her share with the rest of you sometime more what she was sharing. But it was just so moving with our, with our team as we were praying. She was sharing about this hardship that she went through as a child. And she see how that has caused deep wounds in her heart that then you know can, can cause things even later in life. Like, oh, I know where that came from. But then, as she talks about it, and she trusts in God, and she remembers she's a child of God, and she's loved by God, and it's not about the, you know. Then she's healed, and she's helped, and she has hope. That's the Christian life: that God is our loving Father. He wants, like Dessa said, not something from us, but something for us. I really believe that's God's heart and that's God's character. Now, sometimes it helps just to hear a uh, a good story, you know, to hear a good a, a real life story. And so we have an awesome young couple, young parents. They have a young child themselves, the Bernards. David and Kanani Bernard are going to come and share a little bit about their lives and how God has been working in their lives, and then I'll come back up and pray for communion.
0: Uh, Good morning, church. My name is David Bernard, and this is my wife, Kanani. So, um, we're gonna be sharing our testimony, and my wife's gonna go first.
3: I'm so nervous. Oh Oh, boy. So, I had to write it down because I still get nervous every time I come up here. Um, So, as he said, my name's Kanani Christine, and my parents are Brock and Norma Vanguard, if you didn't already know. (laughs) I was raised by a single mom who worked multiple jobs to make my life as normal as possible. I knew about God because we would pray at night and went to Catholic Mass for Christmas, but that was the extent of my knowledge. God to me was kind of like a Santa Claus where I would just ask for stuff. And when I was seven years old, my biological dad passed away, but even though I barely knew him, I was a spitting image of him. Even though I cried and was sad that it happened, I didn't realize the hole that it left in my heart to not have my dad or a father figure as a very young girl. After my mom married my dad, Brock, when I was 10, I felt like the happiest kid in the world, but the hole in my heart was still there. So as a teenager, I wanted to fill that hole with attention from guys, and I did. Even though I knew it was wrong, I would justify it by saying that when I'm older, I'll come back to this whole religion thing. In high school and college, I researched other religions and would use out-of-context Bible verses to try to discredit the Bible. I ended up finding out that not only was the Bible historically and scientifically accurate, but completely opposite to all of the major other religions that required you to do one thing or another in order to earn your salvation or your ticket to paradise. Even though I knew the truth, I could not let go of that thorn in my flesh of wanting to always be in an impure relationship, even though each time I got in one, I said it would be different. I went back to saying I would just follow God when I was a lot older and ready to have kids because I knew that I'd want them to know about God. One of my roommates in college invited me to church, and it was a pray Jesus into your heart kind of church. And I did, but nothing in my life changed. It wasn't until my dad, Brock, invited us to, was invited to church by Brian Craig that I had heard about Bible studies. And the, word, the words Bible study actually freaked me out. <laughs> because I thought there'd be a big test at the end. In reality, it was just a group of women who would hang out over snacks and coffee and share about their lives. And we would go over Bible verses and discuss how they were relevant to us. It was a very bonding time that I was so grateful that whatever I shared or vented stayed in that circle of trust. Life doesn't get easier as soon as you get baptized. If anything, the enemy comes after you harder because he realizes you just broke free from his generational chains. But your, your village of warriors grows immensely. It takes time and effort, but there's no greater feeling than when you're going through something and knowing you can call your prayer warriors up for advice or just to listen without judgment. I know that without God, I wouldn't have met my now husband and been able to escape that thorn in my flesh I struggled with for so long, because as many of you know, we decided to not even kiss when we dated and wait till our wedding day just to see if we could do it. Without God, I wouldn't have been able to break that those chains when it came to teaching, raising, and disciplining my daughter in a godly household. God is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than we could ever imagine, and I'm forever grateful to God for my village of prayer warriors that continues to grow. Um, oops. Sorry, my daughter copied and pasted other letters. (laughs) Of course she did. Um, Well, she deleted everything. But I'm just so grateful. I'm just so grateful that even though I was very stubborn and I decided to go other ways and learn about different religions, it always came back to this. And again, without everyone's patience, I don't think that thorn in my flesh would have been removed and I would have the life that I have now. So thank you so much for letting me share.
0: Uh, I wanted to start off with apologizing for my voice. I sneezed on Monday and then I plugged it and then my throat like on fire. So my voice just sounds like this now. (laughs) Um, so I'm actually, I have a twin brother and an older sister. When my mom was pregnant with us, she had a hard time because I was an 8-pound baby. My brother was a 7-pound baby. And my, my, my mom was 5'2", so she had a really hard time getting around and then chasing the toddler, my sister around. So my grandma, uh, it's Lola in Tagalog, she came to help. And then, uh, so my my Lola was like a second mom to me. Uh, We had a very close relationship. She would go to church every day, or I'm sorry, every Sunday. She was a very devoted Catholic. So, um, sorry. She would pray every day in her room. She had this little, like, altar thing where she would pray and give thanks to God. And she did her best to help build our relationship with God as well. She'd bribe us by uh with donuts to go to church and things like that. <laughs> and she was also a very active person. She she'd work out every morning and you know, like jumping jacks and she'd always go for a morning walk. And then in two thousand seven, she was on her morning walk and she crossed paths with this guy that just got out of prison. And he ended up sexually assaulting her and murdering my lover. At this point in my life, my relationship with God was, it was pretty much non-existent already, but at that point, I was very angry with God, um, and I was really angry with people. I had a hard time forgiving, forgiving people because, or I had a hard time forgiving people, especially because of this. Um, and then before studying the Bible, I thought a good job, I thought I did a good job of uh, putting things into perspective and letting things go. But in reality, I would just keep it in the back of my mind. And when it really made me mad, I'd let it all out. And it made it very hard for me to forgive anybody. It's even ruined a lot of close friendships that I had. And I'd be upset with strangers for no reason. I used to go out late and look to get into trouble just to release some the anger I had. And then 11 years goes by, and then I met Kanani in 2018. She invited me to church, and at first, I just went to go for her, so when when the brothers came up to me, I was like, what is going on here, <laughs> and then uh, I met Matt, Matt Carroll, and I don't know, we just sort of connected, and so I had that bond with him, um, but as, as Kanani and I were talking, I realized how strong her faith in God was, and mine was pretty much non-existent so i didn't want to ruin that for her so we were talking and then i, I decided to stop talking to her because i didn't want to ruin it and then a couple of days goes by and I, well kanani had tried to get me to do a, like a mock bible study but bible studies like what kanani was saying was super weird to me i i did not want to discuss scripture at all and then um I just thought it was weird. And then, and then I met Matt. Two days goes, two or three days goes by, and I I decided to call Matt and just give it a try. And I was hesitant because I knew the story about my Lola was going to come up. And I, I never talked about it with anybody except for my family and really close friends. So, yeah, it was just, it was hard for me. But once I did the Bible study, and I actually, it was just more, like a normal conversation, but then we were talking scriptures and I got to share how I felt about it rather than just on the Sunday service where you mainly just hear it. Um, So I really liked the Bible studies and I was eager to have more. And then, uh, sorry. Uh, And then uh, Matt invited Kyung and Mac and um, my studies, I just felt, such a close bond with these guys so quickly where I never shared things like that with even some of my closest friends. And then, um, on one of the Sundays, uh, uh pastor Pablo Padilla in downtown, he shared a, a message about impossible forgiveness. I was so convicted about this message that I wanted to share my story with the people around me, but I was, I'd let my pride stop me and I, I just kept it to myself. Later that week, we had the light and darkness study. And I shared. I finally shared the story about my Lola with Matt and Kyung. And I was crying so much that I can barely even get the story out. <clears throat> but after telling it, I felt like such a sense of relief. And I wanted to share it more. So I invited Pablo, or I, I asked Matt to invite Pablo, Mark, and, and Matt to come and share, share it with them. And I felt even more of a sense, really, just sharing it. I was able to share more without someone crying. Um, and then later that week, or that pretty much that night, I wanted to get baptized, just sharing it, and it felt good. But then um, on August second, two thousand eighteen, is when I when I did get baptized, and it changed my life. Um, I find I met, or I married Kanani, and then now we have my beautiful daughter, who's super energetic. <laughs> uh, uh, and also, after um, after I got baptized, I, our sister Rachel recommended the grief recovery program, and that really helped me not only deal with the loss of my my Lola. But also other other grievances where, like even in happy moments, there's some grievance there. So it helped me realize some real deep-rooted issues and also just minor things that how to deal with those sort of thoughts and realize my, my old thought process and what I want to change. So I've been a disciple for three years now, and the Lord has blessed me with Kanani and my daughter Kalani. I'm doing my best to help lead them um, to have a strong relationship with God, and the best way for me to do this is to keep working on myself and to be a good example for my family and friends. Uh, Thank you for letting me share.
2: Thank you for sharing, guys, and uh, being vulnerable and sharing your life. It's hard to get up here and talk about deep stuff so let's give one more uh, thank you We're really proud of you guys really love you and uh, how can how can we experience the harvest of righteousness and and peace in our life how, i know i can use more peace who else could use more peace yes shalom is the hebrew idea just you're 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 even keel you're you know life doesn't bounce you all over the place because you're at peace righteousness if you don't know that term uh, the biblical righteousness idea is that Everything's good it's good between you and God right there's not sin that's blocking you there's not uh, you're not tangled by sin as it talks about earlier in the passage but you, you're in a good spot you're in a good spot with God you're in a good spot with others that's what God wants to produce God wants something good for us how do we get there I think the key is in the beginning of this passage Hebrews 12: 2 where it says we fix our eyes on Jesus fixing our eyes focusing our eyes on Jesus and that's why we Worship on Sunday. That's why we come together and share communion is to remember Jesus Christ. To remember his body given for us. To remember his blood shed for us. To remember his character. See, Jesus shows us God. There's this, at the night of of, of, uh, of communion, the night of uh, that they had that Lord's Supper together, one of Jesus' followers said, hey, just show us God and that'll be enough for us. Uh, don't we feel like that sometimes? God, if you just appeared in the sky, clouds parted, and you just a voice comes down and says, Here's what you need to do. Then I'll do it. You know, we want, kind of want that. Uh, just show us God and that's enough. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen God. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus' character and his pers- personality and his persona, that he, he points us to God. He shows us the true character of God. And it says that he, for the joy set before him, he was able to endure the cross, which he went through for you and for me scorning its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of god verse three consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart so let's meditate on that let's think about that i'm going to pray for communion and the communion if you didn't get a cup already uh raise your hand and the ushers will pass those out to you and we'll have a time of silent meditation and reflection you can remember jesus and then, uh, and then we'll have a song, Betty will lead us in a song that helps us to think about who we are before God because of Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time to remember you. Uh, thank you for that you are a loving father that wants to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace in our lives. Uh, God, help us to fix our eyes again on Christ. And if we're here today and we don't know Jesus or don't know really who he is, I pray that we would uh, be willing to get the Bible open as uh, David and Kanani talked about and uh, be able to learn from this, the scriptures who jesus was and what he taught and what he expected and how he lived and how he died and i pray that uh, you know we would open our hearts to him and his presence and we would follow him and give up everything to be his follower and be his disciple thank you for his body and blood given for us thank you that he didn't quit that he endured that opposition from sinful men as this passage talks about so that of us could have a relationship with you and we could have harvest a harvest of righteousness and peace in our lives we love you and we thank you and it's in jesus name we pray amen
0: thanks for listening to the south bay church podcast for other sermons videos upcoming events and more about our church please visit southbaychurch.us